Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. Derek here with just a quick note before we start this episode. We had a couple audio issues throughout uh, technical problems in this interview with Stacy. So just a heads up that there will be a couple spots where there's a little background noise and where we kind of cut out. Done my best to edit most of those out, but this is definitely an episode you don't want to miss. So don't let that deter you. And we will work extra hard to make sure that doesn't happen again in the future. Thanks. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I am here this week with Stacy Bear, and he's got a lot of different stuff going on. He's done a lot of different stuff in the past, so I'm going to let him give the introduction. Stacy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Derek. Thanks for having me on as a Salt Lake resident. I enjoy coming up to Summit County quite a few times during the year. I guess as a brief introduction of who I am... Right now, I'm the director of Sierra Club Outdoors, based in Salt Lake City, and Sierra Club Outdoors is a national program. We're part of the Sierra Club. A lot of people may be familiar with the Sierra Club's tagline, which is explore, enjoy, and protect the planet. And I like to think that we really own the first two-thirds of that Sierra Club mission, which is explore and enjoy. The belief is is that if people explore and enjoy the planet, then they'll want to work to protect it. So that's, that's my main job. And as part of that work, also, I should note that the Sierra Club Outdoors program is broken down into a few different buckets. We have Military Outdoors, which focuses on veterans, service members, and their families. And that's how I got into the Sierra Club. We have our local outdoors programming, which works primarily with members as a membership benefit and an outreach tool. We have Inspiring Connections Outdoors, which works in 50 communities throughout the country, looking to get kids and adults who might not otherwise have a chance to get outside, outside. So those are our three main initiatives, and that all wraps up in the Sierra Club Outdoors. And a few years ago, we also launched the Great Outdoors Lab to put scientific data behind our belief that time outside is good for people. And then outside of that, I'm a dad, uh, I'm a husband, I'm a skier, I'm a climber, and um, the last couple of years have been working on kind of a big expedition every year to go back and ski or climb in the places where I've been to war or cleaned up after war, and that's through a a personal project called Adventure Not War, and that launched in 2015. And then we took 2016 off to start the expedition of parenthood. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, I got back from a ski trip in Iraq, which was pretty awesome. And uh, a lot of great brand partners like the North Face and Vibram and Pret Helmets, which is based there in Park City, uh, Faction Skis and Yeti and several others, help support that trip and there will be a short little film coming out about that I think in May and then a longer film that we hope to get next year's kind of film festival circuit. I met you when you did a presentation at the Utah Public Health Association conference we had a couple weeks ago and as, as soon as you were talking about kind of the, the stuff you've done in the past that we'll get into and some of the initiatives you're working on right now I knew we had to talk to you. Tell us how you got to where you are today. I think it's a combination, uh, an incredibly, you know, I think the first thing that has helped me get to where I am is really incredibly supportive uh, friends and family and an amazing network that believed in me. 
side issues, issues around suicidal ideation. And I think, you know, what kept me relatively sane through that process, or I guess what kept me safe through that process, I don't think, you know, I, I do think I was crazy uh, and, and dipped into craziness during that time frame. And I don't say that as a means to denigrate real mental health issues. I just think there's a, you know, my mental health, I was crazy. You know, I'm not really ashamed to admit that. I mean, it was just not a good time in my life. But I still, through all that, had really great friends and family that were looking out for me and, and trying to help me through that. And then as I kind of emerged out of that, thanks to rock climbing, and really began to climb my way out of that situation, even though I still had mental health issues and challenges and still do. And, and, and you know, I keep getting outside for my own mental health and I have been a part of more formal treatment programs. You know, just putting one step in front of the other and trying to figure out how to make it work, knowing that time outside was so beneficial to me, and then figuring out how to expand that to support first my community of veterans and then other people that I met through time in the outdoors. And along the way, I was lucky enough to meet a lot of really great people, um, like Conrad Anchor from the North Face, who took an interest in our work. And, you know, the National Geographic Adventure of the Year is a huge honor, and uh, Nick Watson and I won that in 2014 for our work starting Veterans Expeditions, and Nick is still running Veterans Expeditions down in Salida, Colorado. We just happen to be in the right place at the right time for somebody to hear our story, because there's lots of other veterans and a lot of other great organizations that are working to connect people in the outdoors, and for whatever reason, we are just in the right place at the right time. When you spoke to us, you kind of talked about, I guess, explored and gave some details and information about what life was like for you when you got back from Iraq. And then you talked about this climbing trip that you went on that you mentioned with your friend and how that was kind of the, I guess, the stepping stone that you took to renew your love in the outdoors. And from then, it's kind of everything you have now, it seems, is kind of built upon that point. And from those experiences you had early on with your friend when you were rock climbing, do you want to tell people about that? Yeah, I mean, I do really look at this really pivotal point with my buddy Chuck. And back in 2009 is kind of what helps put a few things in place or like you said, gave me the foundation or the idea to step off and step forward into the path that I'm on now. And, you know, when I came home from 2007 I, in, in Iraq, I didn't really want to be a veteran. I didn't, um, I know technically I was a veteran, but I didn't think of myself like my grandfather, you know, wearing the American Legion hat, the funny hat, going to the Legion, you know, a couple times a week for bingo and meetings and um, Sunday, you know, Sunday after church at, for the uh, great buffet that they had at Legion Post 2 in Lincoln, Nebraska. That just wasn't who I thought I was going to be. I thought I could come home and put the military behind me and just keep moving forward without worrying about it. And to an extent, I guess that was true. You know, being a veteran is a revealed identity. There's not, you know, you can choose to identify as a veteran or not. And, you know, there's a lot of people who, unfortunately, across numerous years of service and, and times in our country have chosen not to identify as a veteran. But uh, I found myself having a really hard time relating to my peers. And I had a hard time reconciling the fact that I made it home alive when a lot of my buddies who had, you know, wives and kids and what I thought were promising lives didn't make it home. And I think through all that and dealing with trauma that I didn't really want to deal with and lots of other, you know, mental health issues around that, potentially mild traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress, adjustment disorder, all these different things that I think kind of can impact a veteran negatively. I let, you know, got the better of me. You know, I missed the intense camaraderie. I missed the intense commitment to a mission, part of something larger than myself. And 
responded by, you know, uh, partying really hard, using a lot of cocaine, drinking heavily, and then kind of, you know, what's my purpose, right? And so in 2009, I've, I've graduated from graduate school. I have a degree in urban design. I can't find a job in urban design. The economy's collapsed. The design community is hard to break into if you don't have a large background in it. I didn't, right? I was trying to translate military service into design service, and a lot of people in the design world didn't really believe in what I had done. And, I mean, I had a horrible row of, in, of interviews during that time. I, I had one guy who called me in and told me later he just wanted me to wanted to interview me because he'd never met somebody who, who had killed somebody before, right? So he just made this assumption about what I had done and then told me about it. And so I ended up in Boulder, Colorado with a company called Veterans Green Jobs and was just having a really hard time and uh, kept talking to my buddy Chuck about wanting to commit suicide or join the military again. And he convinced me to put off any decision for a week or two and got me out climbing on the first flat iron in Boulder, Colorado. And it was during that trip where I realized climbing, just I was in the moment and uh, I didn't have an opportunity to think about guilt or shame from the past or about guilt or shame for the future. I was just in the moment and uh, I had fun and I wasn't drinking. I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't, you know, trying to hook up with anybody. And uh, I was just in that moment and I felt like I had connected to something huge and immense and amazing and very human and, and back to the world. And I thought, if this is this good for me, what can it do for other people? So after that experience, you, like you said, you thought, if this is this great for me, what it can do, what can it do for other people? So before we get into kind of some of the specifics that you've been working on, mental health and time spent outdoors, just give us a breakdown of what you found from some of your studies and why you're such an advocate of people getting outdoors to maybe address some of their mental health issues, but people in general, just getting them out and spending more time outdoors. Where, when we started and said, you know, you got to get outside, how good can this be for other people? I mean, um, I think in part, I mean, what I really wanted to do, and I, I really don't talk a lot about this, I guess, when I speak in crowds, and, and maybe I should, you know, I, best case, I think, at that time in my life probably would have been to go off and dirtbag um, and spend a year or two just kind of kicking around and spending a lot of my time really learning how to climb and pushing myself in the mountains and getting to know that community or, you know, being a lifty and, and just spending time in the mountains in the winter or learning how to raft guide or something like that. But I was also constrained by the fact that I had significant student debt, which in large part went to pay for both tuition and a cocaine habit. And, um, and I was also falling in love with somebody who's now my wife. And so the option, you know, I think my first thought was, how do I do more of this? And I was like, well, I can do, how much can I do within the given context? And how can I turn this into maybe a vocation or expand it? And so uh, I think in some ways, even that was a little bit selfish. And I think it's okay to have selfish motives at times. But um, so that's, that's definitely been a journey uh, from there. But there's a lot of literature in sacred scriptures that talk about the importance of time outside. And, you know, if you look at the, the Judeo-Christian tradition, right? I mean, Moses finds the plates on top of the mountain. Um, Christ gives his sermon on the mount. Uh, you know, uh, even if you look at Islam, Muhammad spends time praying in the caves. If you look at the Latter-day Saints tradition, right? Joseph Smith finds the golden plates out in the forest. So there's, there's a ton of that, plus, you know, just amazing literature from... You know, Wade Davis's book, Into the Silence, which talks about the first attempts at Mount Everest, which a lot of people don't realize, Edmund Hillary and all that crew were uh, World War One veterans. Um, so there's all that, but 
every step of the way, we kept being told, well, where's more evidence for this? And so before I started looking at what the evidence base was, what I would tell people about going outside is you just feel better, right? I mean, you've seen something beautiful. Uh, you've maybe spent time with other people. You've got a mission. You've got a purpose in that attempt to climb a mountain or raft a river. You know, there's a mission there. There's camaraderie that's built out of that. Um, but there's even a camaraderie and a connection that can be built with somebody as you stand outside and watch the sunset or sunrise or look at a moon, you know, a beautiful moon. Last week we had this gorgeous moon right over the Wasatch and we came home and got my wife, you know, baby sleeping upstairs and we just went outside and stared at the moon for a few minutes and that was a really deep connection that we maybe hadn't been able to connect for a while because we are parents of a one-year-old. And so as we looked into the research for that, what we learned were all, it was pretty amazing. You know, we learned that the inflammation response of the body, the cytokine protein response that might lead to inflammation, or excuse me, that leads to inflammation, uh, decreases significantly. We learned that cortisol levels um, move to really positive levels. We learned that the vagus nerve tone, which is loosely understood as your fight or flight syndrome, is doing really positive things. You know, we learned that you spend time outside, even one night outside, and uh, post-traumatic stress symptoms decrease by 27%, and we've looked at about 180 participants over three years, roughly split almost 50-50, about 60-40 probably between veterans and youth who come from uh, a, a background of poverty. We learned that sleep could increase by as much as an hour to an hour and a half a night, and improved sleep leads to improved mental health outcomes. We learned that pro-social behavior, like empathy, willingness to meet new people, willingness to hear new information, those things, willingness to trust people, those things all improved fairly dramatically over just one night of time outside our research. We looked at um, an overnight uh, rafting trip. And part of the reason we did rafting is because what we're really looking at is time outside, not necessarily just exercise outside. So all those things have, have really led me to believe that and others that not only can time outside be a preventative to things like diabetes, obesity, depression, but that it also really should be a clinical therapeutic that we can use as part of a larger treatment protocol when we're looking at trauma, depression, uh, and I think even as a means to help offset some of the challenges around Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. Uh, we also know from our friends um, at First Ascents and uh, the Senate Foundation that time outside can be a really powerful part of oncology treatment in terms of creating supportive communities, which, you know, if you're in a supportive community, then your response to treatment is almost always better. And so all these things lead me to the very strong belief, and I think that we need to be working on, that insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, needs to actually be paying for a portion of our, whether it's a gear cost or a ski pass or a mountain bike, because we are developing measurable, scientific, scientifically measurable data sets about how time outdoors can improve people's lives. And in the same way that we're willing to pay for, uh, you know, Xanax or other antidepressants, and in the same way that we're willing to take time off work to seek mental health treatment uh, and to seek, you know, physical health treatment around these things, why shouldn't we be also willing to pay for the things that we can document have a similar and at times better impact. And for, you know, Summit County residents and Salt Lake County residents, in my mind, that means we should be able to, you know, I mean, a powder day leads to real mental and physical health benefits that we can, that we're beginning to document. So the next time there's an 18-inch powder day, um, 
And if you're on a mental health prescription or you got a health prescription for that, or you're working for a community or an organization that believes in mental health work, then by all means, take that day off because there's going to be tremendous health benefits from a powder day. One question that came to my mind as you were talking about that, as a society, it seems like a lot of us are spending more and more time indoors, whether it's work or even when we get home just in front of a screen or something. Do you think kind of the inverse is true? Without a doubt, right? I mean, if we're not getting outside, I mean, I don't think, you know, in Utah, we have a significant issue with opioid addiction. We have a significant issue with suicide and across the country, right? We're seeing obesity and diabetes rates go up. And I think that can be tied to the fact that people aren't getting outside. Um, you hear a lot of people talk about the concern of kids and screens. Well, kids are looking at their screens because parents are looking at their screens, right? Um, it's not just as easy as, well, we've got to take screen time away from kids. Well, if we want to take screen time away from kids, then it's, we need to figure out how to support families getting outside together. You know, a lot of times I think people think that when we get outside, it's got to be some grand adventure or experience, right? And, and, and we have amazing opportunities and connections here in Utah that a lot of communities don't have. But if you look at uh, and, and spend some time in, for example, West Salt Lake, you know, there's not a lot of parks. There's not a lot of great access to parks. The Jordan River Trail is, is a great start. Um, you know, the Peace Park is a great start, but there's not enough parks for people to easily access and get out to. Um, and... If you don't have a car, how do you go from Salt Lake up to Summit County or Salt Lake up into the canyon? So those are some other things we need to address. But without a doubt, the inverse of that is true. Um, if you're not getting outside, if you're not breathing fresh air, if you're not giving yourself opportunities or um, if you're not able to take opportunities to experience the beauty of the natural world and experience awe, uh, that's just another thing. It, it's like breakfast, right? We know breakfast is the most important meal of the day. How do people operate if they don't have breakfast? How do people operate if they don't have clean water? How do people operate if they don't have lunch or dinner? Um, you know, health is going to go down. How do people operate if they don't have access to affordable, healthy food, right? Obesity and diabetes are going to go up. So uh, if we don't have access or we're not taking the opportunities or not given the opportunities, and, and let's be clear about this, a lot of people, it's not that they don't want to go outside. It's that they don't know how to go outside. Maybe they haven't felt welcome. Maybe they don't know where to start or how to get to a park. Uh, maybe they don't have time off because they're working two or three jobs. Maybe they already feel like they're in a, in a place of physical or mental health where um, they're isolated on their couch or they, they don't feel like they can you know, even spend the time to sit on their front porch and, and look at the beauty that's around them. Maybe they live in a neighborhood where looking out their front porch is not a beautiful experience. So we need to work on those issues just as well as everything else. And I think, um, for example, the opioid crisis here in Utah um, and the suicide crisis, um, I don't think anybody should be surprised that it's there. When we've been cutting recess, we've been cutting opportunities for kids to get outside, we've been cutting physical fit, you know, education classes, we don't have music programs, we don't have art programs. These are natural consequences, unfortunately, for, for getting rid of these things for kids. So, yeah, I mean, the inverse without a doubt. Is, is true. And um, I think a lot of times people will fight against something rather than fighting for something. And it's tough because what we're arguing is more time outside. We're, we're arguing for something, for beauty, for passion. Our hope is that we can show people how easy it is to spend time outside. 
going off of that and what you just talked about, about the need for people to get outdoors, you mentioned that for some people, it's not a cultural thing to spend time outdoors, or maybe they, they didn't do that growing up, or they're not really in an environment that's conducive with doing that. So what are the first steps that you would recommend to people? The bottom line, if it's, hey, getting out and, you know, standing on your lawn and watching the moon like you said you did the other night? Or what are the basic simple steps that people can take to kind of get the ball rolling on this? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's a two-way street, right? So on the one hand, the people who are new to it or maybe don't have a culture of getting outside in their own families, their family hasn't, you know, doesn't spend time outside or hasn't spent time outside. I mean, I think the first thing is to um, Google map a local park and, and see where your closest park is and go check that out. Um, try and spend 30 minutes to get to that park. And if you don't like that park, find the next the next one and spend 30 minutes in that park. Just um, And even before that, just take a spin around the block, right? Try and look up and see what there is to see. And if you can't find something beautiful in one direction, you're looking in Utah, generally if you spin around in a 360 degrees, you'll, you'll find a view shed that's really beautiful. So just start there and then see and then maybe try and share that moment with somebody else ask them what they see is beautiful or what they're excited about um you know i work in an office i can look outside my window and there's a huge industrial glass company outside the window but we also have a really nice tree and so i spend a lot of my time dreaming about being in that tree so that that's you know a start look towards other uh what other resources are there is it an outdoor gear store maybe go in and just have a conversation with somebody at that outdoor gear store i know it's it's hard to ask somebody who you don't know or in a place that maybe you don't feel always comfortable it's kind of like the first time you ask a girl or a boy to dance in junior high right you're, you're staring there you're like what do i do the nice thing about a gear store or an outdoor store as opposed to that sixth grade dance is they they're there to talk to you so they're there to be nice to you have that conversation where should i go what should i do what's an easy step here's my concerns you know what ideas do you have obviously the internet's a great resource but there's a ton of information out there maybe look at sierra club outdoors website and see if there's a group that's doing something that you want to get involved in maybe it's a meetup site but that very first step is just to try and take 10 seconds 15 seconds when you're outside in between your car and your front door your car and uh, your your workplace just to look up and find that place and then on the other hand in the outdoor industry you know those of us who are doing time outside spending time outside we also have to make sure that we're working hard to create a welcoming comforting environment that there are you know that there's gear at good price points for people to purchase that we're letting people know that you don't always have to have super technical gear to get outside you know a sturdy pair of shoes or sandals some comfortable jeans and a t-shirt and, and a water bottle are oftentimes all you need for a quick trip or a day hike especially out here in utah in, in the more temperate times so it's a two-way street but i think the first thing people can do is just try and breathe deep and take a quick moment 10 seconds 15 seconds when they're outside even in between like i said a car and a grocery store and, and see if they can't find something that they find beautiful in the natural world from there see where that takes you and just keep trying to push yourself a little bit further um, on that horizon line each time. If there was one message or one thing that you could get out, not just here in Utah, but even nationwide about the importance of spending time outdoors and the benefits you can get from it, if there was one thing you could say that you knew everyone would hear and hopefully take action on, what would it be? Time outside is going to help you smile more. Time outside is going to help you meet new friends. Time outside is going to help you meet people who you may never have met from all sorts of different backgrounds. And time outside is going to give you something polite to talk about uh, and something fun to talk about in an environment where it seems, you know, if you look on social media or the news or whatever, it seems like we're such a divided country. 
but time outside is really going to help heal that divide and can help bridge that divide. And I, I've never met anybody who wants to smile less or wants to have less joy or less fun in their lives. Those smiles, that joy, that laughter has real physical and mental health positive consequences. You know, it's one thing that we can all do super, super easy that takes very little time and very little money uh, just to look up and try and, and smile when they're outside and, and find something beautiful and, and, and seek that and just let that wash over them for even 10 seconds and that that's, that's going to lead to a better day and a better country. It's a way that we can all work on creating a better world. So I think that would be the message I, want, I would want everybody to hear is like, here's a really easy, you know, it sounds like an infomercial, right? Here's a really easy way to make a, your day better and create a better world. Take 15 seconds and find something beautiful in the natural world that's around you. And maybe it's even just that little dandelion peeking up through a crack in the, in the sidewalk. But, um, you know, when we were kids, we all thought dandelions were beautiful, right? So um, maybe we can recapture some of that childish childhood joy again. Just wrapping up now, why don't you tell everybody what's next for you? We've got um, a really cool raft trip coming up where we're bringing together some funders and health folks from the health community and the outdoor community to talk about how we move the Great Outdoors Lab concept further. How do we create more time outside for other folks and, and link that back to insurance and healthcare companies? That's going to be really exciting right here you know, on the Green River as it runs through Desolation Canyon in Utah. And then, you know, looking forward to a summer of uh, a lot of camping with my little one and my family. And um, for other folks that are interested, we're hoping to have that ski Iraq film out in May. So some a lot of exciting things coming up and a lot of exciting things for Sierra Club. And I encourage folks to check us out at Sierra Club Outdoors and on Facebook. You can also, same thing on Twitter, and check out our website at uh, sierraclub.org backslash outdoors. Thank you so much for coming by, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Derek, and uh, love what's going on in Summit County. And I also wanted to give a shout out, I don't know who it is, but I saw a van the other day when I was up there that was, uh, I think, Therapy on the Trails or something like that. So there's somebody in Summit County who's thinking about doing walking therapy, which I think is really, really great. So I love the innovation and excitement that's coming out of Summit County. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.